Hey everyone, I'm Jay Sokol, and welcome to Brazos Matters. If you've listened to previous episodes of this show, you know that we have conversations with people throughout the Texas A&M campus and the broader community in order to better understand issues that affect the lives of those who live and work in Aggieland. Well, today's show is a bit different. Recently, A&M School of Education and Human Development hosted its annual Voices of Impact Speaker Series. Nine faculty and doctoral students representing the school's four departments each delivered fascinating talks that were each about five minutes in length. The four departments in A&M's School of Education and Human Development are Educational Administration and Human Resource Development, Educational Psychology, Kinesiology and Sport Management, and Teaching, Learning, and Culture. And while we don't have time to share all nine talks with you today, we do want to share as many as we can, and then encourage you to go watch or listen to all of them like I did on YouTube. You can go to youtube.com slash Education. Go to the playlists, and you'll see the 2023 Voices of Impact Speaker Series. Now, if you didn't catch all that, don't worry. I'll mention it again just a little bit later. This first five-minute talk is called A Conquest to Control Cancer, and it's given by Dr. James Flucky. He's a professor of health and kinesiology. And I'm starting with Dr. Flucky because, quite honestly, I've never heard anything like this. Good evening. You may have heard this before, but exercise is good for your health. Decades of research have shown that regular physical activity leads to a greater physical well-being, a better mood state, improved metabolic health, and even a more robust immune function. So together, exercise may not only improve your health, but reduce your risk of disease even cancer. The underlying concept is that exercise fights off cancer indirectly by better preparing the body to protect itself against diseases in general. And while this is exciting news for anyone who has cancer, we think there's something more. My lab has pondered the concept that there is a tangible, direct connection between contracting muscles with exercise and cancer. To evaluate this concept, my colleagues and I developed a series of studies where we would collect factors coming out of skeletal muscle before and during contractions to see if those substances impacted breast cancer cells grown in a Petri dish. I won't bore you with the details, but what this allowed us to do is systematically test those substances on cancer independent of all the other known benefits of exercise. While this concept seems a bit simplistic, our results could not have been more profound. Every time we added factors from contracting muscle to breast cancer cells, cancer growth slowed down. And it wasn't that the cells were dying off, it's that they started behaving more normally. Every time we added factors from contracting muscle to rodents carrying breast cancer tumors, tumors stopped growing. I will tell you that this is unique to exercise because if I collect factors from non-contracting muscle, it has no impact on cancer whatsoever. We have since duplicated these results in a variety of cancers including lung cancer, 
pancreatic cancer, and even glioblastoma multiforme, which is unique to the brain or spinal cord. We feel that this is evidence that there is a direct connection between exercise and your ability to fight off cancer in the body. So how does this work? Think of it like a car. A car has an accelerator and a brake pedal, which I'm going to use as metaphors for two key proteins in the cell that either facilitate its growth or prevent its growth. You put your foot on the gas, the cell grows. You put your foot on the brake, the cell stops growing. What happened is that every single time that we put factors from contracting muscle on these cells, we saw that there was an increase in the breaking. Now, what happened is, bottom line is, cells become cancerous when they lose their ability to apply the brakes. And it's not that the brakes don't work anymore, it's that they completely disappear. What really fascinated us with our research is that the, not only do the brakes go away, but that the gas pedal actively destroys those brakes and prevents their replacement. Again, adding exercise factors from skeletal muscle, we saw a robust increase in this brake protein forcibly stopping the cancer to grow. So I would love to tell everybody in here to go out and exercise, but I think we all know that this sometimes isn't possible or plausible, particularly with disease. So we needed to find a way to duplicate this exciting impact of exercise through other means. What we elected to do is permanently insert a, an additional brake gene into the cell, one that looked and functioned identically to the original brake protein, but custom designed in a way that it did not fall prey to the gas pedal. An emergency brake, if you will. Using this technique, we were able to completely reproduce our results with cancer or with exercise independent of the exercise factors. Now, unfortunately, when we blocked the function of our newly installed e-brake, cells reverted back to their cancerous state. So while unfortunately we did not cure cancer, I will close with the exciting news that our e-brake modification dramatically slowed the progression of cancer, forcing those cells to behave more normally. We're hopeful that these experiments might lead to future therapies to help people with these types of cancers. Thank you. That was Dr. James Fluckey, Professor of Health and Kinesiology. The next Voices of Impact speaker we're featuring is Dr. Matthew Etchells, a research specialist in educational administration and human resource development. And his talk is about retaining beginning teachers. And that touches on the uses of professional and personal identities within that particular industry. You ever wondered why you do the job you do? Did you wake up one morning and decided that you wanted to be a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher? Or was there something calling you to work in the profession that you serve in. In their book, Shaping a Professional Identity, Drs. Connolly and Clandinen identify, <clears throat> Drs. Connolly and Clandinen identify the desire to teach by their meaning of the stories to live by. This was further extended by Dr. Shell Craig 
in her paper, Coming to Know in the Eye of the Storm, that identity-related teacher narratives are formed by personal, practical knowledge forged by experience. This idea of the personal to the professional is intriguing to me, and we need to engage teachers, beginning teachers, in this process. We need to do this because beginning teachers are leaving the profession in droves within the first five years. In my research, I outline a distinct phase of beginning teacher preparation that I term the Cotyledon phase. You can think of this as a teacher's origin story. So let me share with you the Cotyledon story of Kikoa. Kikoa was a first-generation college graduate. His parents emigrated from Palau near Guam before he was born, and he identifies himself on official paperwork as Pacific Islander. This places Kikoa in the smallest teacher demographic in Texas, that has reduced by two thirds since 2017. Kikoa has a strong sense of connection to his students, and this is best illustrated with his story with Ronnie. On Kikoa's first day at his initial field placement experience in a discipline unit, he met Ronnie. Ronnie wanted to fight everybody, and was quickly labelled as a troublemaker. But Kikoa worked with Ronnie through the semester and showed patience and understanding. At the end of the semester, Ronnie came to Kikoa with a jar, and on the jar it said "inspirational." This was indicative of the relationship that Kikoa had built with Ronnie and the impact that Kikoa had had on Ronnie's life and Ronnie's education. This moment solidified Kikoa's teacher identity and brought forth his desire to be a teacher. You can think of the Cotyledon phase, and we should refer to it as part of the initial field placement for beginning teachers. For Kikoa, this sense of connectedness to his students was integral. It was part of who he was, and it's best described by the proverb that his mother used, which is a Palawan proverb that says, "Reach out your arm, and a man's hand will reach back." For Kikoa, this is him reaching back to his sense of community. For Kikoa, this is him bringing his personal identity to his professional identity. As a researcher, I was intrigued by this concept that. Personal identity might be nestled within professional identity. In botany, the cotyledon is the leaf, which is already present within a seed at the seed's impetus. And as the seed grows, the cotyledon looks like the true leaves, which will come later, but has a more unrefined leaf design. It's important that we engage beginning teachers in understanding their cotyledon phase, and it means that they can be supported by university professors, teacher mentors, and their own understanding of their emergent teacher identity and the soil which is provided to them for their stories to flourish by. In course design, the cotyledon phase means that we can create opportunities for students to reflect. 
on their desire to teach. It means that we can look at embrace their cultural and familial narratives. And it means that we can help them understand their emergent teacher identity. For Kikoa, that sense of community is a pillar of his personal identity and a pillar of his professional identity. Kikoa's story is a story of metamorphosis. And Kikoa's story is the personal to the professional. Thank you. That was Dr. Matthew Etchells from the Department of Educational Administration and Human Resource Development. This next Voices of Impact speaker is Dr. Michael Thornton, a clinical assistant professor in kinesiology and sport management, who talks about tackling the teacher and coach shortage. Now, as a reminder, you can go back and watch or listen to any or all of the 2023 Voices of Impact speakers. You can visit youtube.com slash Aggie Education, go to the playlists, and you'll find the 2023 Voices of Impact speakers. Well, for most of my life, uh, I've been called Coach Mike or, or Coach Thornton. Um, and because I'm a coach, I'm a, I'm a big believer in exercise. And I noticed that many of you are sitting, and you've probably been sitting for a few minutes. And so I think we should probably partake of some exercise, you know, let's, let, but, but I'm not going to have you get up. Uh, the exercise we're going to do is a little mental exercise here. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take a moment and I want you to think back and reflect on those middle school and high school years. Hopefully that's not a traumatic experience for you, but, but I want you to think back to those middle school and high school years. And, and what I want you to do is I want you to think back and try to visualize and remember three adults Three adults who stepped into your life during that period. Someone who stepped into your life in a time of a circumstance or an opportunity and had an impact on you as a young person. Visualize their faces. Think about the moment and the feeling and the circumstance. If you're like me, at least one of those three people would be someone that we would probably call coach. Coaches have a unique opportunity to step into young people's lives, to add value and impact them for life. Often having lessons that last a lifetime. You know, something that Coach Buddy Bonnet did for me. Well, here's the problem. At the beginning of the 2022-23 school year, the Texas High School Coaches Association reported that there were over 6,000 coaching vacancies across the state of Texas. And in our state, that also means there were 6,000 teaching positions associated with those vacancies. If we're going to positively impact the teacher-coach profession, we must develop strategies that prepare, support, and promote the teacher-coach profession. The Thornton McFerrin Coaching Academy is currently in collaborations with various organizations to do just that. We've collaborated with the Texas High School Coaches Association and its Education Foundation, the University Interscholastic League, the Teachers Education Agency, the Texas Athletic Directors Association, as well as various departments and programs across the university. We're developing strategies to help students become a part of the teacher-coach profession. One of our programs, the Undergraduate Certificate Program, is designed to help students across the campus in any major get experiences and opportunities 
in the coaching teaching profession. Opportunities provided by various programs at the university, but also through various community partnerships as well. Our Future Coaches of Texas program allows individual high schools to develop coaching-based, student-led organizations at their individual high schools, which introduce students at the high school level to the teacher-coach profession. With the Thornton McFerrin Coaching Academy, providing guidance and leadership on coaching experiences and opportunities. Our Veterans to Coach program allows veterans who are transitioning and retiring to enter the teacher-coach profession. It allows them access to opportunities and to administrators who are looking for people who have the leadership qualities and leadership skills to enhance their academic and athletic programs. The Thornton McFerrin Coaching Academy is actively engaged in preparing, supporting, and promoting the next generation of professionals who are going to impact and add value to their athletes and their athletic programs. They will become the leaders who are going to help our country, help our state, and help our schools become all that they can be. Thank you. Dr. Michael Thornton is a clinical assistant professor in kinesiology and sport management. Among the more powerful speakers in this year's Voices of Impact series was Kimia Carter, a doctoral student in educational administration and human resource development. And Carter's talk was called The Power of Using Your Voice. It focused on the struggles of first-generation and low-income students and how self-advocacy can help. In life, we experience many ups and downs. However, we all play a part in whatever stage that we are in. It is called responsibility. First-generation underrepresented college students often grew up in environments filled with the realities of what it takes to survive, but with not much insight into what success looks like. Perhaps I was one of those students, and this is just a snippet of my story. As I pursue a career in education, I am motivated to not let my zip code define who I am or where I'm going in life. I chose to redirect my path and my character. I quickly recognized that my voice is my power and my freedom. My voice is an opportunity to build capacity and exit the struggles many of my peers allowed to define them. I learned that the power of using my voice will produce change and allow me to succeed to pave the way for the students that come behind me. Through research, I've learned how first-generation and low-income students fare in college, and the numbers are not good. Over one quarter of these students leave after their first year, and after six years, only 11% leave college with a bachelor's degree. Hmm, how does this change? Well, first-gen and underrepresented students must use their voices, tell their stories, ask questions, and take action. The good news here is that there are actually resources in place to help them, such as scholarships, grants, organizations on campus, extracurricular activities, and mentor programs in place to help them to succeed. However, they must use their voices and ask for help. Voice is about taking action. 
Action that produces a positive outcome. Voice matters because it produces and develops change. Voice matters because it demonstrates models, encouragement, and confidence within individuals. In order to use your voice, you must first identify who you are, recognize your purpose in life. Once you have mastered that step, you will gain confidence. And that confidence will be with you everywhere that you go. Then you will begin to be bold. And with boldness, you will be able to speak in challenging environments. College is a challenging environment because it is about success and not just surviving, but first generation and other represented students only know how to survive. They have no examples or models. They do not know there is always a way. When you find your voice, you will move with purpose. You will not give up because your work is a part of your journey. Using your voice is very powerful. It will give you access to everything you need to become successful. I know this because this is my truth. I have lived these experiences. Here's a quick story on how I use my voice and share my story here at Texas A&M. I came to Texas A&M in the fall of 2020 with a full ride that consists of grants and scholarships. Well, due to that, I had to maintain three different grade point averages in order to keep all of my scholarships and grants. Halfway through my bachelor's, I fell short on one of my grade point average requirements, and I ended up losing one of my grants. However, I found out who managed the grants for the students, and I was told that she could be reached via email only. So I sent her an email, stating my case, and asking her, is there anything I could do to earn my grant back? And she told me, unfortunately, no, not at the moment. So I took it up on myself and went to the office and asked if I could speak with her in person. And they told me no, but I had to speak with a few leadership individuals, and after some time, they made it happen. Once I spoke with her in person, I was able to share my story, explain to her what led me to Texas A&M, my purpose in life, and my end goal. With doing that, she had a better understanding of who I was and why my grade point average fell below standard and overall ended up helping me earn my grant back. Furthermore, because I use my voice, I have been able to obtain a bachelor's degree as a regent scholar from the Mays Business School, earn a master's in human resource development, and now pursue a PhD as a Marriott Fellow. My goal is to be an example and give hope to individuals who do not have the guidance nor tools to become successful. I want to help individuals identify who they are, recognize their purpose and their potential in life, but most importantly, teach them how to use their voice to become successful. Ultimately, I just want to create freedom. Remember, your voice matters and carries power. Thank you. Camille Kreider is a doctoral student in educational administration and human resource development. Again, if you're just tuning in, I'm Jay Sokol. You're listening to Brazos Matters. And today we're spotlighting a few of the speakers who recently appeared in downtown Bryan at Texas A&M School of Education and Human Development's annual Voices of Impact speaker series. There were a total of nine faculty and doctoral students who represented the school's four departments. You just heard four of them, but you can watch or listen to all nine on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Aggie Education, go to the playlists, and you'll find the 2023 Voices of Impact series playlist. 
Also, huge thanks to the School of Education and Human Development for allowing us to share these thought leaders with you. And we definitely look forward to the 2024 Voices of Impact Speakers series. Because this has been a slightly different episode of Brazos Matters, it gives me a chance to introduce yet another element that you might hear from time to time. Meg Carter is a senior communication major at Texas A&M, and we've challenged her to grab a microphone and a recorder whenever possible and go survey her fellow students about a few fun topics. KAMU FM and TV, after all, we're located on campus, but we don't often share with you what's on the minds of the nearly 70,000 students who are walking by or zipping around on scooters and e-bikes and skateboards or maybe just enjoying a quiet place to study or relax. So here's Meg. The College Station Bryan metro area includes more than 272,000 residents, an interesting combination of full-timers and students, with the latter clearly being the dominant category. Aggieland's residents range from being born here to representing all 50 states to being from countries all around the world. Economic development officials in both cities constantly work to bring in dining, entertainment, shopping, and other amenities that might convince people to either move here or at least visit. So I decided to ask a few students what they'd like to see come to our community. For most, food immediately came to mind. I'll let you hear for yourself. What would you like to see more of here in College Station? Honestly, I would say restaurants because um, I'm from Austin and like we're very known for the food there and I just, I, there are a couple hidden gems, but like most of it's, it's kind of mediocre. More restaurant selections would be good. Like sit down places would be nice, because there's a lot of fast food here. What is one thing you wish you saw more of here in College Station? More 24 hour restaurants. Okay, like, do you have one in particular? Well, Fuego's great. Um, Whataburger's great, but just more stuff that college kids can do after like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I'll have more student perspectives about our community in future episodes. I'm Meg Carter for 90.9 FM KAMU. Again, we'll hear more from Meg and our student body in some upcoming episodes of Brazos Matters. As I mentioned in the show open, Brazos Matters features conversations with people throughout the Texas A&M campus and the broader community about issues that really matter to those of us who live and work here. Previous interviews have touched on economic development and growth, our local school districts, the Relis Academic Alliance, and even the challenges we're all experiencing just trying to get around town. You can find all of our Brazos Matters episodes at kamu.tamu.edu slash radio. You can also email me with comments or questions at jsokol, that's J-A-Y-S-O-C-O-L, at tamu.edu. Brazos Matters is a production of Aguilar's Public Radio, 90.9 KAMU-FM, a member of Texas A&M University's Division of Marketing and Communications. Our show is engineered and edited by Matt Diffman. Again, you can learn more about us at kamu.tamu.edu slash radio. I'm Jay Sokol, and thanks for listening to Brazos Matters.